It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. I need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 304 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Demont Cotton, he's behind the wheels of steel. He's making everything go. And right now we have on the phone lines, we have the general. We have John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. You can find him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And John, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Yesterday on the show, we had Houston's own Lester Hayes. We had the judge on the show, and man, he had everyone fired up. He had everyone excited, and that started talking about the conversation of him as a player when he was back in the day, how he was just so intimidating and so good at what he did. What are your some of your good memories of Lester Hayes? Well, Lester's from Houston. He played at Texas A&M. People thought he might have to be a linebacker once he got to the NFL, but he did not. You know, he was he was uh, he played safety in 1980 when they won the Super Bowl. He was had an incredible season. He was able. <laughs> they kept a stickum slot bucket <laughs> next to the Raiders bench, and he'd be over there putting that stickum all over his hands. And I remember thinking, I hope he doesn't pick his nose or scratch his butt because he's going to be in trouble. <laughs> and then after he did so well with that, they outlawed it. But uh, it was it was quite a thing watching Lester Hayes play when the Raiders were great and they were just loaded with great defensive players and they won the Super Bowl over Philadelphia. Yeah, what what was so great about those those old school Raiders secondaries, the the Soul Patrol, Lester Hayes, all those guys that were that were involved with that with that secondary? I mean, they were just next level guys. What made them so special? Well, first of all, they were talented. They were fearless. Today they get put in jail playing the style they played back then when you could hit people in the knees, you could hit receivers in the head, you could club them with a padded forearm, and they were they were mean and they were physical and they were good. And mainly it starts with talent, and they were well coached. So they had everything you wanted in a Super Bowl team and a Super Bowl winner and a team that, that competed for the Super Bowl every year. As the interview wrapped up with the judge yesterday, a lot of folks hit me up on Twitter, even text message, and said, "Hey, how, how is it, what's it going to take to get to get him into the Hall of Fame? What are your thoughts on Lester Hayes in the Hall of Fame?" That was a, a while when Lester was a finalist every year, but uh, then he, he just didn't get it. You know, nobody said, "I don't think Lester Hayes deserves it." He just didn't get it because there are other people that did, and there are a lot of Raiders in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so. Uh, Lester's best chance now would be if he was a, when his modern eligibility is up, and I believe it is, then he would be a senior okay. candidate. And the problem with the senior candidates, there's so many of them who are deserving. Right, right, no doubt about it, and, and we all know that Cliff Branch is a, a senior candidate this year, so uh, that's looking great for Cliff, but uh, uh, not yep, so much. Cliff's going to be in. Cliff will be in. Nice, there you go. Cliff will be in. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, uh, talking all things NFL, and and also the the list came out the other day of of the potentials for uh, the 2022 uh, Hall of Fame, and, and uh, Houston's own Andre Johnson, wide receiver that played there for many years, great player there. Uh, he's on for the first ballot. Uh, what are your thoughts on Andre? Johnson, and do you think he's a, a guy that's going to get into the hall on his first ballot? Well, first of all, there were more than 122. I could have put your name on there, <laughs> and they would have put you out there. And and when we cut that list in November down to 25, that's when it gets serious. Then we cut it down to the 15 modern era finalists, and that's the ones we vote on before the Super Bowl. And Andre Johnson, who 
who there's several stats cue that it was only him and Jerry Rice. And there's several others. It was only him and Marvin Harrison. And Jerry Rice primarily played with Joe Montana and Steve Young. Marvin Harrison played all but one year with, with uh, Peyton Manning. So you can imagine if Andre Johnson, as great as he was, had played with them instead of quarterbacks like uh, David Carr and Tony Banks and some of the guys that right. he played with, there's no telling what he would have been able to do. And I think he's definitely worthy, and I think he's got a good shot. But I don't think he'll get in on the first ballot because Tory Holt and Reggie Wayne have been finalists now for several years. And uh, Steve Smith's another first-time eligible. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do believe eventually Andre Johnson will get in because he deserves it. Let me ask you one more Hall of Fame question. That's about Devin Hester. And uh, obviously he's not going to make it in as a wide receiver, but he was such a specialist. Uh, pit, punt return, kick return. I mean, he he was a weapon. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be a, a first ballot guy, but you see him getting in at some point pretty quickly? We don't put a lot of special teamers in there. You know, right. the guy who would be the best on coverage would be Steve Tasker. The best returner would be Devin Hester. We finally put in Ray Guy after decades. And it's hard to vote on a specialist over players who play all the time. And But I think in a, in a down year where maybe you don't have locks, that I think those guys have a chance. The next kicker I vote for will be Adam Benetieri, mm, yeah. who I think is the greatest clutch kicker in history. And I will vote for him on the first ballot, but I don't know if he'll make it. And uh, a guy like Devin Astor, he was a game-changer's return specialist. And if he does get in, it might open the door to more people getting in, more returners getting in. Another punter I'll be presenting, Shane Leckler. He yep. was number the back number two punter behind Ray Guy on the all the 100 year anniversary team. That's pretty impressive when you have some of the greatest minds in history. And I'm talking about former coaches, general managers, players, as well as members of our selection committee. Make, choosing those teams, I think the fact that Shane Leckler made it, that bodes very well for him eventually getting in. Hopefully, we'll not have to wait as long as we're a guy. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And you're in the press box right now. The Texans are going to take on the Panthers tonight. Uh, what are your thoughts on rookie Davis Mills getting uh, getting his first start? Well, he, he only started 11 games at Stanford Q. That was by far the fewest of any of the quarterbacks drafted ahead of them. There were seven. By comparison, Kellen Mond started 46 games at Texas A&M. So I don't know that he's ready, but it will be very interesting. Yeah, no, it really should be interesting to see exactly how that shakes out. Uh, Houston takes on Carolina. Carolina's 2-0, and the fighting Matt Rules. Matt Rule I've been a big fan of ever since he was at Baylor. Uh, what do you thought about the start that the Panthers have gotten off to? Excuse me, you know Matt very well. <clears throat> Phil Snow is defensive coordinator. Came from Baylor with him. Phil Snow has number one defense, run defense, points allowed, pass defense, sacks, quarterback hits. So this could get ugly early, <laughs> and they're going to need to play a better, some better teams than they've played so far because they caught the Saints when they had eight coaches out, including six offensive. So I don't. I thought the Matt Rule would be 2022 before they competed. Right. And maybe they will now. 
A lot of that depends on Sam Darnold. He's definitely got defensive talent with him. Got to keep Christian McCaffrey healthy, but they should win this game handily. Yeah, it should be interesting. And again, I do appreciate Matt Rule. I like Matt Rule, but I was like you. I expected his team to be a really good one in year three because that's just kind of the makeup of Matt Rule. It's what he's always always done. What about Carson Wentz? Excuse, I believe, excuse, excuse me. I believe that Tyrod Taylor was healthy. The Texans had a chance to beat him. Tyrod's playing great. Now he's on injured reserve. He'll right. be out at least four games. And uh, they're missing their two best defensive players, safety Justin Reed and linebacker Camus Bougier-Hill. So I look for the Panthers to put up put up somewhere in the mid to late 20 points. And uh, the Texans' offense, I think I picked them to score 13 points. But uh, I feel really bad for Tyron Taylor. Yes. He has played well. He's a great guy. Third time in four years, Q. He's got hurt early in the season and a rookie's come in to play. But unlike Baker Mayfield and Justin Herbert, I don't see Davis Mills playing well enough to keep this job. Right. No, I feel bad for Tyrod Taylor, too. It just seems like something always happens to him, and, and then he ends up uh, you know, on the sideline. John, my guy, DeMond, has a question for you real quick. Go ahead, DeMond. All right, John. So with Tyrod being out, if Davis Mills, unfortunately, even if he needs to take a few snaps off in tonight's game, who would the Texans' option be? Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll was with him in preseason. He's been on the practice squad. He's been elevated. He is back up, and as I've told you guys for a long time, and I've been telling people for months, since March, Deshaun Watson will never take another snap with this team. Right. Absolutely. No doubt about it. 313 is the time. John, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about Carson Wentz and his ankle situation, both ankle situation. Uh, you want to talk about a guy, if it wasn't for bad luck, would have no luck. That's Carson Wentz. What do you think about what he's got going on right now in Indianapolis? Well, you wish him the best, and you better have a backup quarterback in play because if you don't, it can kill your season early, and that's what could happen to the Colts playing the Titans. Yeah, no, and they're they're not looking – the Colts are not looking too good uh, yet, and, and with Carson and all these injuries, uh, it really doesn't look good. Oh, John, one more question. One more question for you. Uh, the Raiders right now, they're 2-0. Uh, they they got Miami coming to town on Sunday. If they, if they were to win that game, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, don't want to get too far, but if they win, they go to 3-0, it'll be the first time since 2002. What what is the conversation like if the Raiders win on on uh, Sunday? How do you think the national media uh, takes the or talks about the Raiders? Well, what they did going to Pittsburgh and winning was very impressive, much more impressive than beating Miami with a backup quarterback. So I think the three zero start says a lot of good things about where they are as a team. Finally, that John Gruden's got it going on, and I'm happy for him and Mike Mayock, and I hope they keep it up because the NFL is better when the eight Raiders are good. John, what you got coming out on Texas Sports Nation that NFL fans should be on the lookout for? Texas Sports Nation, we've got columns, stories, blogs, we've got videos, and we've got podcasts, too. Thank you very much, as always. All right, appreciate you. Enjoy the game tonight. There he goes. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle talking all things NFL. He's in the press box right now as the Texans are preparing to take on the Fighting Matt Rules, is what I like to call them, the Carolina Panthers. And I am shocked. I don't want to say shocked. It's only a 2-0 start. But... Usually Matt Rule-led teams are really good in, their, in the third year. If you go back and look at the history of Matt Rule, everywhere he's been, that third year is the year that they really take off. But we'll see what happens. They can be off to a 3-0 and start as well uh, if, if they get that victory tonight over Houston, which I do believe they'll do. So many thanks to John McClain right there from the Houston Chronicle. 315 is the time when we come back. We'll go over our pickums. We do our NFL picks each and every week on Thursday as we prepare for another week of the season. Tonight kicks off week three. So we'll let you know how we did last week and uh, we'll make our picks for this week. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. We have dogs out there that's ready to hunt. Uh, they're ready for this game. They're excited for it. And 
I'm excited to see them hunt. Now, I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Yeah, looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 3.30, Rhett Lewis, NFL Network, is going to join us. Talk all things NFL. Talk about where the Raiders are right now. Sitting at 2-0. What's the national media? What's NFL Network saying about the Raiders? A lot of folks talking. So we'll get his opinion coming up at 3.30. We got our NFL pickums coming up in just a second. Is this the music we're going to play for it? If it is, this is awesome. I'm okay with that. We're going to let this ride. All right. I did want to address this tweet that we got from Just Win Wendy. She said the real sports interview was terrible. Andrea Kramer focused on stupid blank haircut instead of his business acumen. Talk about Mark Davis and how hard he's worked for the Raiders. Then she tried to get MD to say bad things about his dad. Terrible. And Gumbel's comments were trash. I'll say this. I saw a lot of people with that same kind of feeling. And I understand why you'd feel that way. But I do think, and I don't know because I don't have Andrea Kramer on the show. I'll work on getting her on and I'll ask her myself. I think that the way she addressed those topics that are stupid blank she focused on that because that's what the national narrative is because people talk about Mark Davis's hair people talk about the car why is he driving himself around people talk about that stuff and so I think she was trying and this is just my opinion she was trying to get his thoughts on what people say about him and that's why she was asking him those questions. And that's why I really respected the interview because afterwards, MD was like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm just me. I do this because I'm comfortable. I roll like this because I'm comfortable. I mean, I, I already had a lot of respect for him, but I even had more respect for him after that because he just let it be known. I ain't worried about what them outside folks were saying. You know? And I think that it's been documented and questioned, you know, between the relationship between his father and him. And he's like, hey, you treated me like another person, another employee. Do your job. That story about him getting fired was pretty funny, though. I mean, but I, again, I respect it. So, I mean, again, that's just my opinion. I don't know. And when we get Andrea on the show, I know uh, our, our sister station, ESPN uh, Las Vegas, Cofield Company, I know they had her on. When we get her on, we'll, we'll, we'll ask her those questions. But that's just my opinion. That's my takeaway from it. So that's all. Now let's get it to these NFL pickums. We'll go through them real quick as we got Rhett Lewis from NFL Network calling us at 3.30. Last week, I went 13-4. and four. Pretty good day. Damon, you went 10-7, and seven, right? Yeah, that's about right. It's on your paper. All I gotta do is look at it. As I'm, yeah, I see ten and seven at the top here. But hey, guys, in my defense, let me go ahead and, you know, guys, if I just picked every game right, like I probably could, it wouldn't be that much fun if I was just out here, you know, dog and cue every week, you know. So I gotta make it interesting, you know. Gotta create a compelling drama throughout the season. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know uh, BS when I can when I hear it. You know, so it's obviously some of these picks I was just, I was giving you. You know what it's oh, like? Oh, you're just trying to give me a little bit exactly. of Exactly. You know, okay. like you let your little brother, let him get a couple. Get, you're get like your little brother? In. Did you say little brother? Yeah, that's, yeah that's exactly you're definitely not talking to me. <laughs> I'm definitely not little, bro. 
I'm definitely not little, bro. <laughs> get, a, get a couple baskets in yeah, before yeah. I come and dunk on you for the, you know, yeah. you know. You're not dunking a donut, let alone dunking on me. Overall record for me, 23 and 11. Lil bruh, what's your what's your overall record? What was that? 10 and 7 plus 10 and 7 last week as well? It's 20 and 14. It's on your paper. Just read. That is not on my paper. It is. That is on my paper. <laughs> 20 and 14. You big dummy. Let's get into the games, man. Damn. <laughs> All right. Carolina at H Town. Carolina at Houston. Who you rolling with? Uh ooh, that's a tough one. Carolina. <laughs> Okay, the Panthers for me. Washington at Buffalo. I got the Bills. Washington. Baltimore. No, excuse me. Chicago at Cleveland. Who do you got? Cleveland. I got the Browns as well. Baltimore at Detroit. I got the Ravens. Yeah, let me get Baltimore. Indianapolis at Tennessee. Who you got? Of course, the Titans. I got Tennessee as well. L.A. at KC. I got the Chiefs. Yeah, I'll take the Chiefs. New Orleans at New England. Who you got? New Orleans. I got the Saints. Atlanta at the G-Man. I got the Giants. Atlanta stinks. Oh, they do, but I don't like the Giants at all. Let me take Atlanta. It's not about who you like. It's who you think is going to win. No, no, no. I mean, like, I, I just think Daniel Jones is terrible. He is. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go. Matt, maybe Matt Ryan can eke one out. All right. Cincinnati at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who you rolling with? Pittsburgh. I got the Steelers as well. Arizona at Jacksonville. Definitely rolling with the Cardinals. Yeah, Arizona all day. Yeah, Jacksonville might be over for the season. Here's one. Jets at Denver. Who you got? Broncos or the Jets? Broncos. All right, I got the Broncos as well. We'll save the Raider game for last. Tampa Bay at L.A. The Rams. This is a really good game. The Buccaneers, 2-0. The Rams, 2-0. Something's got to give. Who you going with? Tampa. I'm rolling with the Rams. Seattle at Minnesota. Vikings not looking so hot. I'm rolling with the Seahawks. Yeah, I'll take the Seahawks there too. And Green Bay at San Francisco. This is the Sunday night game. I'm rolling with the Niners. Let me get those Packers. All right. Monday night football. The Eagles at the Cowboys. And for Monday Night Football, I'll be at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, Underground Lounge. Definitely come hang out starting at 2 o'clock. Go ahead. Uh, division rivalry. I got the Cowboys. Hurts got to come back. Yeah, I'll take the Cowboys, too. All right. Final game of the week. It's not the final game. It's a 1 p.m. kickoff right here in Las Vegas. Miami Dolphins visiting the Raiders. Who are you going with? The Raiders. I got the Raiders as well. There you go. There's our NFL pickums for week three of the NFL season. Uh, 13 and four last week. I went 10 and seven. DeMond went. And I guarantee you, I don't know what week it'll be. There'll be one week where both of us go like five and 12. It'll be a t- there's always one week in every season where it just you don't you cannot buy a game. You just can't. There's always one week. I don't know what week it's going to be. It might be this one. There's always one week where the games that look so obvious are the ones that are going to come back and kick you square in the backside. Well, hopefully if that happens for you and I just stay steady at 10 and 7 every week, I'll, you know, it, and steady it, never, it never happens that way. <laughs> 327 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Rhett Lewis from NFL Network. We talk all things NFL. Tell, get his thoughts on where the Raiders are right now. This is Unnecessary Roughness. The Raider Nation Radio, 920.
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 3.31 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. The show has been going by fast and furious. And right now, pleased to have on the phone lines another great guest, and that's Rhett Lewis from NFL Network. You can find him on Twitter, at RhettNFL, and that's spelled R-H-E-T-T-N-F-L. And Rhett, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. And want to start off asking about the 2-0 Raiders as Miami's headed to town, and uh, the Raiders are looking to go 3-0. and It'll be the first time they, they go 3-0 and if they win since 2002. But uh, what's the colleagues there at uh, NFL Network? What's their take right now on the Raiders and the, and the 2-0 start that they've gotten off to? Finally. Finally. Right. Signs of progress uh, here in year four for John Gruden. And, um, you know, I think there's a couple of things. Like, I, you know, this Raiders team boasts the number one total offense in terms of yards per game, and that is a big development. You know, Derek Carr is rocking and rolling and feels like a dude um, that is in lockstep with his head coach and with his play caller, John Gruden. And it feels like a guy who's now into his fourth year in the system. You know what I mean? Um, and we're, we're kind of seeing that progress. But there, there's three aspects of it. That's one. The second aspect is you're finally seeing some development of some of these high-dollar, high-value draft choices that you made over the course of the last two years. You know, I was, everyone's, you know, Cleveland Furl has obviously been the object of much criticism, being the number four overall pick in a year where they had three draft picks in the first round. But even he, you know, we, we saw a little bit more from him um, outside of, of week one. And then you see Henry Ruggs, last year's first-round pick, start to really come along. Trayvon Mullen with, some, with an interception in week two. And that's such a crucial piece to progress with Vegas, right, is the development of some of these guys who you've placed – a high emphasis and priority on and bringing into your organization. So that's one of it. And then maybe the biggest piece of progress, dude, it's a top 10 sack team in football right now. Right. Like, I'll be darned. I mean, like, we're talking about the worst sack team in football for the previous three years combined. And now, you know, they're, they're in the, you know, the top third of the league right now and getting after the quarterback. And that is a huge sign of progress. Yeah, no, it really is. And, and you know, I, I thought Gus Bradley coming in as defensive coordinator was going to make that Raiders defense better. I did. And I knew he brought in some really good coaches with them. I didn't think they were going to get that, that good as quick as they have. I mean, how shocked have you been that they were able to pick up what Gus Bradley is trying to teach them as quickly as they have? Well, maybe that is part of what describes Gus Bradley's system. There's some simplicity to it. Okay, we're not saying it's an eighth-grade defense right. here, but like it's, it, they've got an opportunity to play fast in this defense. You know, they didn't do a ton of blitzing, right? Mm-hmm. In week one, they're able to get home, um, you know, get to the quarterback still, and I think that's you know, an important development with Max Crosby, Unique Ngakwe. Um, and so, you know, I, I just feel like he's got the right pieces. I mean, like, the one thing I kept seeing last year, you know, like, uh, after they fired Paul Gunther and, and Rod Marinelli came in, I mean, watching Trayvon Mullen try to play that cover two defense, man, it looked like a fish out of water uh, against the Chargers in that Thursday night game that all but ended the, the Raiders' playoff hopes. And so, like, it just feels like this system is just a better fit for the personnel 
that they have on this roster. Right, and that's very, very important. Talking right now with Rhett Lewis from NFL Network on Twitter, at NFL, and here with us on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, and Mike Mayock, obviously, you're very familiar with as he comes over from NFL Network, oh takes, takes over the GM position. How exciting is that to be able to watch a team develop and knowing that, like you said, that's your guy in the GM spot? It is kind of cool. Um, it is kind of cool. I mean, we had him on uh, the day of his introductory news conference. We had him on our show uh, on the aftermath. Me and my buddy Daniel Jeremiah. We've always we've obviously spent you know countless hours together talking about the draft. And look, Mike, no nobody takes his job more serious than Mike Mayock. He is putting so much work into this thing to try to get this Raiders team and get John Gruden the roster that he needs to win. Um, I'm just, I'm really happy. I'm really happy for him right now to see some of the fruits of those labors, to see some of these, these choices that they've made, these picks that they've made, these free agent acquisitions that they made start to kind of develop. Look, it's early. They still right. got a long way yeah. to go. Like, I mean, like, let's, let's not put the cart before the horse here. And right. Mike will be the first one to tell you. In fact, if I brought that up, he'd be like, hey, Red, it's week two, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, like, talk to me again in week 12. Right. We're still contenders, okay? You know, so like that's that's part of this year, but there's no reason not to get excited. Rhett, you sounded just like him. I mean, that's what's so funny is yeah. you sounded just like him. I love the fact that he's so brutally honest, though. I mean, that just seems who he yeah. is. He he doesn't try to sugarcoat anything. He just tells it how it is. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you know, he'll let you know. I mean, like he told us immediately, like I've got a hit on these first three picks. Like that was you know a couple of years ago when they mm-hmm. had the three picks and they took. You know, Furl and Abrams and uh, Abram rather and Josh Jacobs. So, you know, I think you've seen a lot more out of those last two picks than you have out of Furl. But right. you know, maybe eventually he comes around and and he acknowledged like we got a hit on those guys. And now, like you know, you're just you're starting to see more of those signs of life. So that it's definitely some hope out there. Absolutely. Rhett Lewis is our guest right now on Raider Nation Radio 920. I did want to ask you about some other teams around the league and some other players around the league like Justin Fields. Uh, He's getting the start for Andy Dalton in Chicago. What are your thoughts on that? I know a lot of Bears fans are excited about that, but uh, do you think uh, Justin Fields is ready for the the big lights? I do. Um, I don't think that uh, the moment will phase him. you know, like he's a dude that's played in big games in his life. You know, you want to go back to the national championship mm-hmm. game last year, and I think that was one of the one of the cooler things that we talked about with uh, with Justin Fields last year. Is you know he played spectacularly well in that Clemson game in that playoff semifinal against Clemson, six touchdowns or whatever it was. You know, to beat Clemson after getting uh, just absolutely rocked by Skalski uh, in the hip, and he was you know he's banged up. I thought like despite the you know, crazy numbers. He played better in that national title game against Alabama in the face of unrelenting pressure. Um, I mean, his guys were getting beat left and right. He had defenders in his face, and, like, he's just a cool customer there. And he obviously has all the, all the talent, the arm, the mobility. Um, you know, like, let's see him. Let's see the processing ability here against Cleveland. You know, I think that'll be something, like, you know, that'll be something to watch. Um, and, and then, you know, look, I, I just I think he's got an opportunity right. here. I think he's got an opportunity to stake his claim for this job. Regardless of what Matt Nagy has said about Andy Dalton returning as a starter, you know, even when he's healthy, Justin Fields has an opportunity to make that decision for Matt Nagy, and it starts 
in Cleveland on Sunday. I feel the same way, and I've been telling my guy here, Demond, that outside of an injury, you never, you know, anticipate an injury, and you hope that no one gets injured. But you just, it, we know the nature of the game. But I don't think that you see Andy Dalton on the on the field again anytime soon if Justin Fields goes out there and plays yeah. half of what he's capable of doing. You know, I mean, it's just you know as simple as yeah. that. You uh you mentioned Clemson, and so it made me immediately think of Trevor Lawrence, who's in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer. Uh, it's it's a small sample size, Rhett, but how do you think that that dynamic is is playing out so far? And does Urban Meyer look like he may be a little in over his head right now? You know, I think it's I think it is a little too soon to make a judgment call on that. Mm-hmm. Look, have they have they looked unin, uninspiring on, as an offense through the first two weeks? Absolutely. Uh, I think Urban Meyer has admitted that. I'm sure you know Brian Schottenheimer and Daryl Bevel and the offensive brain trust there would admit that. It just it hasn't felt right yet. Um, you know, I was talking about this with my colleague Bucky Brooks, and he brought up the, the fact that Urban Meyer was talking about, you know, we didn't want to do what Trevor Lawrence did at Clemson. We didn't want to do that here. We wanted to make him a more professional quarterback. And I was like, huh interesting uh because where we see you know in philadelphia nick Sirianni trying to do a lot of what jalen made jalen hurts a successful quarterback at alabama and oklahoma Mm -hmm. um we saw that uh you know in in philadelphia when when they were running all that rpo game and i still think there's a way where you can incorporate fine-tune and take to the next level some of the college concepts that we saw trevor lawrence execute you know at the highest level and, and still incorporate them here into this offense in Jacksonville. Um, but look, I, you know, I, I, I'm confident that Trevor Lawrence is going to figure it out one way or another. And I, I think that uh, we just got to give this offense and this team a little bit of time here to get this thing rolling. Talking right now with Rhett Lewis from the NFL Network here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, how about another rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson? He didn't have a great performance last week. He kind of welcome to the league type moment. Uh, what, what do you think about Zach Wilson in New York with the Jets? And you think he could rebound, and that was just one tough game he had last week. Well, he's going to keep slinging it. I think that's uh, that's one thing we learned uh, in week two. And despite uh, the interceptions piling up, he's going to keep letting it rip, right. and he's got to. Um, and I think uh, we saw a slow start week one, completed just you know one of his first six passes, and then he started to turn it on. Uh, but then they lost Mekhi Becton, and you know I, I I think that the lack of a consistent run game here through these first couple of weeks has has hampered what this offense ultimately wants to do. Remember, offensive coordinator you know uh, Michael Floor came over from San Francisco where they ran the ball as well as anybody in the league. So. They got to get that rolling. Um, they got to figure out, you know, continue to figure out their offensive line. And I, I think Zach is going to be okay. He's enough. He's enough of a dynamic playmaker that he's going to find a way, you know, to get this done here at, at some point. And, and look, you're going to take some bumps and bruises here, right? Um, in terms of his his, you know, uh, box score, his stat line. Uh, Peyton Manning threw 30 picks his rookie year. I'm not mm. saying Zach Wilson's Peyton Manning, right, but I'm right. saying like you know, the best take some time to find their stride in the league, and, and he might be one of them. Right now there's seven teams that are 2-0, and and of course one of them is in, in, in action tonight in the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Tampa Bay and the Rams, they're also a couple teams that are 2-0. and They square off against each other this week. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on that game? And, and I know that the Rams are, are right there, right next to NFL Network there in L.A. Yeah, I looked out of my uh, window of my studio today at NFL Now and said in that stadium on Sunday, we're going to see an absolutely mega matchup between mm-hmm. two Titans in the NFC and Super Bowl contenders. 
to the Bucks and the Rams. And, and look, you've got a really good defense on both sides. You've got a really powerful and explosive offense on both sides. I am absolutely fired up for this game, and uh, I, I can't wait to see it. Really, I mean, this is this is going to be one of those you know mark your mark your calendar games. You know, I don't know if it's going to be like that Chiefs Rams game on Monday night a couple of years ago when right. they were you know scoring left and right. I mean, it might be close. It might be close. I mean, Tom Brady leads the league in years on this planet <laughs> and in passing touchdowns. Like that's insane, right? Um, and, uh, look, I, I think, you know, the Rams have star power on defense and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. But if you're putting Jalen Ramsey on Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or, 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 you know, but then what do you do with Rob Gronkowski, who's caught two touchdown passes in, in three straight games going back to last year's Super Bowl? Right. You know, I, this, is, uh, this is really interesting, man. This will be a really interesting game plan to follow. It's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. There's a few games this week that I'm really looking forward to that are going to be some, some great matchups and, and some really good teams going at it. Uh, is there any of those uh, seven, or 2-0 and teams, those seven teams, like I mentioned, that are 2-0, uh, and any of those that kind of surprise you out of the Cardinals, the, the Rams, Niners, Raiders, yeah. Panthers, Bucks, and, and the Broncos? You know, the Broncos are one for sure. Um, I was one that thought that Drew Locke might end up winning that quarterback competition. And because he's got that big play, that explosive arm, uh, to kind of maximize the real legitimate talents of that pass catcher group uh, in Denver, both a tight end and a wide receiver. Uh, but Teddy ended up winning it, and he's one over that locker room, it, it seems. And uh, I got a new podcast coming out, the mm-hmm. NFL Inside Report, uh, which you can find on iHeartRadio or where, wherever you get your podcast. And on tomorrow's episode, my, my buddy James Palmer is going to join me to talk about how real the feel is with this Broncos team and how different it's been this year compared to each and every season since they were in Super Bowl 50 and since they won Super Bowl 50. Um, the vibe is real. They love Teddy as their leader. And I got a story about Teddy's leadership that involves KJ Hamler, the fast mm. wideout, and an equipment manager that encapsulates Teddy Bridgewater's leadership that you're absolutely going to want to hear in tomorrow's episode. So download, subscribe, uh, and give that a listen tomorrow. But I do think the Broncos are for real right now. Um, and uh, I don't know if this is going to be their biggest test, but they've got a they've got a quite a quite a tough stretch coming once they get past this Jets game. Interesting, interesting. You got you got me intrigued right now. That's the inside I report. <laughs> I like it. That's a great tease. I like it. The inside NFL inside report. The podcast, uh, as as you mentioned, uh, it's available iHeartRadio. Also, any kind of any platform that you can get your podcast, definitely check that out. And Rhett, before we let you go, my man Demond has a question he wanted to ask you. All right, Rhett, you mentioned how James is going to be the guest on the podcast tomorrow, and I see that you guys have a little battle on Twitter where you're posting old field oh goal my. clips. If you guys were oh to have my. a kickoff for field goals, who's winning? <laughs> okay, so, I mean, like, here's the deal. I've hit one from 40 uh, right now, and, uh, and Palmer claimed to hit one from 40, but it was later revealed to us that the ball was placed at the 25, which meant that that was only a 35-yard field goal. Now, he added some flair today with a little spin. Like, he actually spinned the ball like a touchdown celebration, like spinned it and then kicked it through. Ooh. I was like, all right, that's that's pretty good. But, again, it was only from about 22 yards away. Uh, so, look, maybe we'll have to do this. You know, like, we do have a stadium, like an actual NFL stadium next door to our studio. 
you know, maybe we just have might have to walk next door and we just have to go kick for kick and see what happens. So I like when, it. when that happens, you guys will be the first to know. I love it. I I'll love tune it. in. I'll tune in. Yeah, I love it. And I'll tell you, man, you, you, I know people probably tell you all the time that you have an awesome job, but we have Omar on the show a lot. We have MJ on the show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just uh, Mike Mayock, obviously, is the GM of the Raiders, but get to talk to him. Everyone that's there, Willie McGinnis, uh, MJD, all those guys that are there, what a great just yeah. group that you guys have. How, how blessed are you to have that kind of a job each and every day? Man, you said it. You said it. Uh, 100% grateful uh, to be in my eighth season now nice. with the NFL Network. Um, it's a family affair, man. Uh, my dad was in the league for 40 years. My sister is uh, in her eighth season in the league with the Houston Texans. So, you know, we've been in this thing for about 58 years combined as a as a family. So, I mean, it's uh, it's in my blood, and I'm, I'm, I'm so stoked to get to call it a job, man. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on it again. You guys do a great Thank job over at NFL Network, and congratulations on the, on the podcast. Let everybody know the podcast and where they can get it before we let you go. NFL Inside Report coming to you three days a week. We're taking you behind the headlines with inside insider information from our reporters, our insiders, and uh, we're going to give it to you on iHeartRadio, we'll give it to you on Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to listen. We got you covered, and uh, just check out my social media at Rhett NFL. We'll get you caught up with all the uh, teaser videos and everything you need to know. But uh, man, we appreciate you uh, having me on, and uh, we'll catch up again real soon, guys. Absolutely, thank you so much, Rhett. We appreciate you. Yep, rock and roll, man. There he goes, Rhett Lewis, right there from the NFL Network, and and I uh, that's one of my appointment listening and appointment watching is NFL Network. I I stay glued to NFL Network. I swear that my TV in my little office at the house has two channels, NFL Network and ESPN, and that's it. And usually ESPN is just for Sports Center, NFL Network's for everything else. And and when I'm watching Sports Center, let's make no mistake about it, it's really just kind of background noise. When I'm watching NFL Network, I'm locked in. I, I got to give it to you there. I do like NFL Network's presentation a little bit better. Oh, it's great. No, it's it's the best. And when you know, you know, when the draft is on, they they have the dueling broadcast. I don't never ever look at ESPN's broadcast. It's always NFL Network. I'm just again, I mean, from MJ Acosta to Willie McGinnis and Omar Ruiz. Obviously, he's been on the show many times. Good dude. I mean, all those guys over there at uh, at Good NFL Network. Football. Yeah, they do a great job. I mean, they really do a great job. And so I could definitely appreciate uh, the way that they're able to bring it 365. Uh, all around the, the 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 league all year long, so definitely appreciate that time. Got a few more minutes left in today's show. I know my guy Vinny Bonsignor, who was out at practice today. I was not. He'll have some uh, reports on what he saw. He's at the actually he's at the practice facility today. He's at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, so he'll be coming to you, brand or live from uh, from HQ, and so uh, that should be a a good listen. Him and uh, Lincoln Kennedy from four to six p.m. in the huddle, and uh, we got just a couple more minutes. Get to a little bit of our tweets and texts that we got, and we'll even take a phone call real quick. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Demon, who we got up? Raider Thaddeus five zero two. Hey, what's up, Raider Thaddeus? What's on your mind? Hey Q, it's uh, I'm happy to be back. I just uh, been watching a lot of Stephen A. Smith lately, man. You know he's a huge Raider hater. I know he got his feelings hurt when Derek Carr called him and Max Kellerman out, but I'm getting kind of tired of him making excuses for the Ravens and the Steelers, bro. We were missing Denzel Good. Uh, then we were missing Josh Jacobs, and uh, I just don't know, man. I'm getting kind of tired of watching these ESPN shows and feeling disrespected. I think we're going to show we're for real against uh, the Dolphins. And uh, I don't know, I guess I got a question hidden in here too is, are we going to sign any free agent O-line? I know we did, but I'm talking about B 
big names. And uh, as always, thanks and much respect. Thank, thank you so much for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And really, I don't think there's any big name offensive lineman to go sign. You know, I mean, the, the guys that they're going to be looking at are guys that are on practice squads. Like they, they signed the other day, uh, Jackson Barton, they signed him off the Giants practice squad. That's the kind of guys that they're going to get at this stage of the game because, well, you're in week three and every team wants a big time offensive lineman. Everyone wants to protect their quarterback. Uh, Alex Leatherwood practicing in full today. That's a good sign. You know, uh, Brandon Parker playing well for the second half of the game against the Steelers last week is a good sign. Richie Incognito not being there is not a good sign. Uh, I, I heard Lincoln and, and Vinny talking about uh, him yesterday, and, you know, they'd be surprised to see him anytime soon. I've been saying that for the longest. I've been saying that, honestly, before he ever got injured, and I was not trying to put no bad juju on him, but even before he got injured uh, that second week of the preseason going up against the Rams before that game even happened, uh, I just said it's going to be tough to rely on a guy who's 38 coming off an Achilles injury. You just don't know. Father time is very much so undefeated. So I've been saying that for a while, and then all of a sudden he gets injured. And he I'll tell you, being at training camp, he looked like he was ready to go. He was in great-looking shape. Uh, he was out there being a leader. He ended up getting that C on his chest for the captain spot. I thought he was going to be a dude until he just wasn't, you know. So it's just unfortunate for the Raiders that he's not he's not available. But John Simpson's going to have to continue to grow up. I know he's had a few rough moments. I think he's also had some bright bright moments. Andre James at the center position is going to have to continue to grow up. He's had some bright moments. He's had some rough moments. That's just the unfortunate part. And Lincoln Kennedy can tell you way better than I can. You cannot make that unit great until until it is. <laughs> you know, you've got to have that cohesiveness you've got to have snaps with each other I mean that's all you can do that's one of those parts where you you're one of the units of the team where you can't really just work out on your own and think that you're going to be okay KJ Wright wasn't in training camp for most of training camp all of training camp matter of fact it was preseason when he came in he's in good shape he's able to keep himself in good shape he knows Gus Bradley's scheme so he's able to slide in there and be effective you can't just slide a guy in on the offensive line and think he's going to be effective because well he's you know, he's been around the league for a while. It's just the, the right hand's got to know what the left hand's doing. That offensive line, and we all knew that. We talked about it for months. We talked about it. It's going to take a while. It's going to take them five, six, seven games of playing together. Well, look, every time that there's a new player inserted into the offensive line, you're almost pressing the reset, but not necessarily 100% reset, but it's still close. It really is. So it's just it's it's just part of the... Part of the uh, part of the game there, so uh, you know, hopefully they get things squared away and they're able to 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 keep that party rolling and 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 like I said, stay on one cohesive unit. But man, it's not easy. It really isn't. So uh, we definitely thank you so much for your call. What's up? What you got, Demond? Oh no, I had to read this text off real quick oh, because go for I just it. Text, I just checked it and it's just like, oh man, this one caught my eye. All right, go ahead. Can we set up a charity wrestling match with Demond and Gangster Raider, please? Proceeds go to Black Hole Rob's GoFundMe. Rocky and SoCal. Nice. I, li- I like the text from Rocky and SoCal. It's on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. And, well, you're the wrestler. You tell me. I- I'll tell you this before you answer. I don't think Gangster Raider would take it as a as a charity event. I think, you know how Mike Tyson set up that that fight where it wasn't, it was, you know, for proceeds or whatever. Yes. And basically you weren't able to knock anybody out. And I thought that that was BS because Mike Tyson is a dude who knocks people out. 
So as I was a dummy and still bought the fight because I just wanted to see it so bad. Yeah, it was bad. him and Roy Jones Jr., wasn't it? No, no, it wasn't him and Roy oh. Jones. It was Roy Jones and someone else. But Tyson fought. Who did Tyson fight? Who did he fight? Because this was like a couple. Oh, it was. Was it Roy Jones? Yeah, it was Roy Jones Jr. Because it was like yeah, Roy Jones right. was just yeah, like, I'm just that's here to have right. fun. That's right. Yeah, exactly. It was. Yeah, I was I was upset too because Roy Jones was my guy back in the day until until he got knocked out. And that's a whole other story. You know, he tried to do me like, you remember that episode of Martin? Where he uh, him and Tommy Hearn? <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> he exactly. He tried to me looking like that. I kind of feel like Gangster Reddit would try to take you out. I don't think that he would say <laughs> that, hey, this is just for fun. I don't think Gangster Reddit has any fun in him. Not Not fun like... He's not a fun guy. I just think when it comes to fighting or wrestling, he's not going to be taking the fun approach to it. So that's just me. What do you, what's your thoughts? <laughs> Gangster Raider. You're rocking in SoCal. I'm, I you shouldn't even put that out there, man. Gangster Raider don't want to see me. I said it. I said it. All right. Gotta, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to move on from that. Text from uh, text on the Salmon Ash text line. If the Aces win a title first, then Raiders, who will be in the hot seat if the Raiders don't make the playoffs this year? I mean, it's two different sports. Take it easy, man. I mean, this is two different sports. You're talking about the WNBA and you're talking about the NFL. I mean, there's it's, it's definitely two different ball games. I A title is a title. Don't get me wrong. But could you imagine, like, if the Aces, they're holding up, because, you know, the owner will also get interviewed at these championship celebrations. Of course. Mark Davis, you know, first yeah. year as the full-time owner of the Aces, win a championship. So it's Gruden on the hot seat now. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> right. I mean, you can't really put those two and two together. Yes, they're 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 obviously partners. They're obviously owned by the same man, but those two things don't go together. But I get I I get the gist of it. I'm not really into the who's on the hot seat and all this other stuff on September 23rd. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just kind of not not in that category right now. But uh, maybe you could ask that question to Vinny Bonsignor, Lincoln Kennedy. Maybe Vinny will have a creative answer for you. I don't know. I don't really have a good answer for it, so I'm just going to keep it moving. That's what I do. <laughs> Coming up next, Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. Lincoln Kennedy is going to join him. Uh, going to have a lot of good conversation. Of course, Vinny was out at practice today, so he has a lot of good reports, what he saw, what he heard, uh, you know, and, and how he's feeling about this upcoming game on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins, 1 p.m. kickoff from Allegiant Stadium. 3.56 is the time. Holla at you tomorrow. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.